My name is Matthew Quiche. I'm from Tallahassee, Florida. Uh-huh. And uh, you're now listening to the Dynasty Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. These guys are terrific, man. So tune in to them whenever you get the chance. I'm out. Yo, 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 Brodies and Bays. This is the Dynasty Bros Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 30. This is where you come for your Dynasty football needs and to chop it up about the latest NFL news. I am Dynasty Bro Dot here with my co-bro. You got Dynasty Bro Vic. What's up, everybody? Why you stall, man? That was you. You was supposed to be right on it after I gave you the Cobra moment, man. I thought about switching it up, and then I was like, "Let me just go with what I know." So, <laughs> come on, man. You can't be doing anything different. While we got a a wonderful guest on today, man. He's supposed to be giving us something different, man. We stick to the script, man. All right, gonna do All right. better. I'm gonna keep that in mind. All right, so look. <laughs> hey, we're here to have another good episode today. We got some uh we're gonna talk some prospects again. We did the running backs already, the quarterbacks and the tight ends. And man, this is a deep draft for the wide receiver. So we're gonna dive into that face first. Face first? Is that what we're doing, Vic? Sounds good. Just make sure you got a helmet. All right. All right. So look, we have a guest today, and uh he's gonna help us get into these receivers. I didn't think we could do it by ourselves. So we went and tagged somebody in. Mr. Ron McLeese, Mad Dog FF at fakepigskin.com. Man, I hope I got that all on the money, man. Please tell me I did. You did. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. And, you know, just uh, pre-show, just talking about how excited we are uh, just this time of year, you know, in general, and just having an opportunity to sit down and talk to these wide receivers. And, you know, I don't blame you guys for bringing me on because there's a lot of wide receivers here that we're going to get in and talk about. And you can't you can't cover <laughs> yeah. them all in one show, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, definitely appreciate the opportunity. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But, yeah, you can follow me, uh, you know, at MadDogFF on Twitter. Um, and, and I'll be, uh, you know, went to the Senior Bowl, just got back you know, late January. So that was a great experience. And so some of the stuff that I'll be telling you is going to be, you know, from, you know, those up close personal type scenarios that I got to see these players. So, um, you know, that definitely helps to see them then and, you know, watching tape and and grinding like you guys do. So nice. Nice. So that's awesome. Ron was in the trenches. I got a couple questions. Vic, can I ask a couple side questions that we didn't plan on? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I like the off script. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Ryan. While you were at the Senior Bowl, did you get the did you get the interview anybody there? Did you meet any good players? And if so, who was your favorite? Um, I would say my favorite interview was James Prochet. Just a very, um, just kind of you know very approachable individual. You can tell he's a, a true professional, sir. You know he just talks. I mean, you know he was uh, brought up properly, and and this kid's motivated to just you know having that underdog mentality, I'm the kind of guy that I kind of like always root for those, those type players. And I feel like, you know, he's a smaller receiver playing for SMU. And again, he just, it's, it's what he did at practice too, but the interview was a lot of fun. Um, And also uh, a Goldie, I think was another great interview that I had with him. And I had a lot of fun with, with him in that interview, but these guys, I mean, there was just like this show tonight, there's so many receivers that we can't talk about because there's so many that, that are that talented in this 2020 uh, NFL draft class that we're seeing and getting to talk about, you know, you, you can't talk about them all, but it, it, there were so many flashing that week. It was the wide receivers that just kind of stole the show and, you know, outside of Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, but it's just all about the experience. And if I can just, <laughs> you guys got to go, uh, that's all I can do is preach it to everybody to get down to mobile once and, and check it out. And just, 
experience the experience because it is the first stop, you know, in that pre-draft process. And, you know, with Indianapolis, you guys where you're, you know, rooted at there, you, you get to experience that every year, the big one. So uh, yeah. I go to the smaller yeah. one, but hopefully I'll be down there for it. <laughs> I promise to be at the Senior Bowl next year. Me and Vic, we will be there next year. Absolutely. Nice. And we got a friend, so uh, yeah, got a head start. <laughs> drinking buddy, now <laughs> drinking buddy. Yeah. So, um, man, okay, Vic, this episode is gonna be so jam packed. We never really discuss where you want to go. Do you want to start with what's the word? Because we got what's the word. We also have to get Ryan's football and fantasy football resume. We always do that with the new guests. Where do you want to start, man? Usually I take control, but help me out, man. It's, it's a lot going on this episode. Where do you want to go? Yeah, man, I think uh, since Ron's on, I think we should just dive into his resume, man. Let's just, uh, you know, just learn a little bit more about him as it relates to real-life football experience and also fantasy, man. So let's start there. Okay, I'll take lead. Okay, Ron, this is what we do. Every time we have a new guest on, we have to ask about the real-life football resume. We got we got to scale it down. We had a couple people on that like to talk for about 10, 15 minutes. We usually ask about try to get this segment done in five. So I'm going to ask you where you started in football, what interested you in it? How long did you play? What was your peak? And then we'll flip to fantasy football. Ask you what's your resume, how long you've been doing it, your involvement in it, your championships. So I hope you got some of that info ready. So you good? Yes, I am good. <laughs> All right. Good. So let's start with real life football. Did you play any real life football growing yeah, up? Yeah, real life football for me, uh, you know, was more of a high school. I mean, obviously, you know, a dream to play in college. Uh, so I played up, up to high school and, you know, for me, it was more about, um, you know, I came from, you know, my whole family was kind of entrenched in, in football. Um, you know, I had a coach mm-hmm. who was a relative and uncle. And so, you know, that kind of brought me closer to football. And then, you know, my cousin who was basically my brother growing up, he got a division three scholarship. He played down in Cumberland and as a linebacker. So, you know, just getting to pick up a lot of the nuances and, you know, being around football a lot in my youth, you know, yeah, I, I didn't get to where I wanted to be, but it's like I think it just makes you hungrier later on, you know, to kind of dive into this and kind of live vicariously through these players and, and kind of just follow their, yeah. you know, their dreams and, and, you know, see the good in players. So I, I think that, you know, that's kind of where I started out. And, uh, you know, I wrote for a few different sites. Um, I didn't know. Do you want me to go into the, that side of it now or or just say that? Oh, man. You want it Basically, all? <laughs> hey, you look like you were already leading it, man, because – I was you already ended the real life. Only thing I was gonna say was, hey, so what about your fantasy football resume? You already flowed into it, so you can keep going. Don't let me interrupt a good time. Well, you know, I was I was I was playing Yeah. I was played in quite a few leagues and you know, next thing <laughs> I know, I had a friend who's like, Yeah, you ever think about writing and you know, there was a dynasty site, uh, level up, which I always joked everybody went level down after only like <laughs> about a year and a half. But you know, it was a beta version. They tried to launch it too quick, but, uh, you know, shout out to my first editor who kind of got me on in the whole uh, writing process and, and evaluating prospects. Uh, Andy, Sing- Andy Singleton at People's Pen, Pens on Twitter, shout I mean, great out. guy. And, you know, he's been, you know, to fan tracks and a lot of different sites after the fact. So, you know, we stay in touch. But, you know, that was my first editor and he gave me a lot of insight on this and, you know, having friends, you know, help grow, you know, and try to learn something along the way. And, you know, I, I went to a few different sites and, you know, I did a little bit of writing for, for the IDP side too. So it was kind of like I had, had done it all, but I was more an offensive mind type 
you know, um, player. And that, that for me was what I want to kind of focus on. I'm more of a running back wide receiver guy. That's kind of my focus. And that's why I know we're going to have fun with the show tonight. Um, you know, I had the opportunity fake pigskin again was, you know, my biggest opportunity to do this and, you know, start my own podcast, you know, uh, um, Kyle Robert, you know, we started doing our show together and, you know, that kind of led to, uh, you know, the Dynasty Zone, which which I, you know, have relaunched. So that shows about 50 episodes in and, you know, that's been mm. a lot of fun. And again, going to, to Senior Bowl for the last five years and covering that for uh, Fake Pigskin uh, has definitely led me to where I am today. And, you know, lastly, you know, shout out. There's going to be a lot of shout outs guy uh, to nah, Lou Hey, we're, we're a shout out kind of family. <laughs> we, yeah, definitely. We do uh, that a lot. So. <laughs> my boy Lou Landers out in LA at Landers Talks, and we started doing uh, the XM live radio show, XM 211 Dan Patrick show. We do that each and every Friday night, Ooh. 11 p.m. So Eastern. And, you know, that's a fun show we get to do for Sports Overnight America. And we talk more of it's not so much fantasy based, it's, it's just you know, what's going on in the, in the world of sports, mostly all football and baseball. So again, those are, you know, those are the things too, that I like to do. And I feel like, you know, uh, Lou's a great guy to work with and, and he knows the baseball side way more better than me, but I, I kind of pick up his slack for football. So, you know, that's always fun. So check <laughs> yeah. that out and, uh, you know, shout out to Dave Sherney for, uh, you know, again, us doing our dynasty football one-on-one show on sports crew. That's Lou's uh, site. So again, I, we've been doing that for a long time and Dave's a great friend of mine and a great dynasty mind. So, you know, those are the guys that I, I you know, have been blessed to, to meet and work with in the industry. And we talk about that, you know, just meeting those people and, and building these, these lifetime lifelong relationships, which is, you know, what makes all of this kind of worth it. And, you know, for me, that that's kind of why I do what I do, but I really enjoy it. That is hopefully that awesome. wasn't too long, guys. <laughs> nah, it's not, man. Usually, usually people like to embellish on the front end of their resume. And um, I feel like you kind of took the cake on the <laughs> on the uh fantasy football resume. What you think, Vic? Yeah, absolutely. Nah, <laughs> I definitely uh I'm impressed. I think I, I think I still have the longest resume though on record. So yeah. Vic, Vic liked to talk a bunch of football, like real life football stuff. And did you know they have junior varsity in college, Ron? And did you know that in college? I did not know that actually. <laughs> yeah, Vic, Vic somehow made it to the junior varsity team in his college, so just wanted to let well, you know that. Me, then. Like... You know, he he definitely uh did something, you know, so you, you got to be proud of that, you know, right? Yeah, hey, check check out our football resume. That's that's our very, very, very first the episode. Very first episode, it's it's a pretty good go introduction to, to the podcast world. <laughs> uh, I do I do have a couple questions. Vic, do you have any questions about his resume? Because I got a couple. I, I definitely got some homework after that one. So I got a lot of shows and, you know, uh, podcasts to, to check out. So looking forward to, uh, you know, checking, checking all that out. I know. So before we move on, Ron, uh, leagues are you in currently? How many? Oh, you you know, that's a question that, you know, if my wife was asking it, I'd probably like, you know, not tell the truth here. Uh, can I lie on, on, on air? That's hard to do for you guys. I, I would put tell the, the number truth. at, I would put the number at right about 50. And, you know, it, it's oh for me to say gosh. that it's, but a lot of those are best balls. So they're low maintenance and, you know, that yeah. helps out. But, and I would say at least five to seven of those I do with co-owners 
which really I've kind of uh, migrated a little bit uh, this past year. You know, guys in the industry that, that I play in leagues with that I, I respect kind of have the same, a lot of the same, you know, interest in the same type players. And you kind of like know these, mm-hmm. start to, to get to know these these players and you just want to kind of share the the burden that is, you know, the grind, which is 365 dynasty football. So sometimes that, that helps out a lot. And, you know, again, um, the addiction is real guys. So please don't judge. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, man. I'm, I was in 13 when I finished last, last season. Well, nothing ever finishes. And I just took on a couple more right now. So I'm in 15 and I don't think I'm done yet. I got some work to do to get to 50. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Hey, that, that uh, addiction drill, I literally just joined a league before this show. So, uh, yeah, it never stops. <laughs> it, it just keeps going. <laughs> it does. Full-time job after the full-time job. Yep. That's what it is. It never stops. I'm getting tired of the question. So, what do you guys talk about during the offseason? There's, there's never really an offseason. So, that's always been my thing right now. So, I'm excited. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. It's it's draft time, and I think that's the the main main course right now. That's what excites everybody. And just you know, the landing spots and all the you know chatter and you know what what's real, what's not, because uh, everything, most of the stuff you're gonna hear, you know, is is a really you know accurate. And and are there smoke screens? Hell yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. All right. So look. We got through Ryan's resume. Vic, let's do what's the word. So we we also like to do a segment. It's called the Fantasy TMZ. So what we do with that is Vic likes to, you know, he he does his due diligence of during the week, hearing all the news and picking out what's important to touch on. So, you know, that's, that's what we like to bring to the table during what's the word. So usually we do B-team players of the week, but it's kind of the offseason right now, so nobody's really – showing up and being B-team players a week. And we do injuries and just little news like that. So we can get into the fantasy TMZ with Vic, brought to you by Vic. And we'll chime in on some of the news uh, topics that he'll touch on. So hopefully you got some good ones for us this week. I hope you do, Vic. Oh, of course, man. Hopefully I don't ever disappoint. So, yeah, I definitely got some things here. Um, let's go ahead and kick it off, man. Um, so I do want to shout out my sources when I can. So U.S. Today Sports, Lorenzo Reyes, uh, he basically did an article with the uh, XFL, um, at least just hinting at the XFL is looking at considering signing underclassmen. Um, so if you guys don't know, Oliver Luck, which is Andrew Luck's father, former coach quarterback, um, he's the commissioner of the XFL. Um, and basically there's rumors saying that in the future, XFL could sign freshmen or sophomores. So I just kind of want to get your guys' thoughts on that, meaning you know what impact would that have on college football and also the XFL and even the NFL if that's a pipeline. Oh man, uh, I guess I'll go first. I think, I think they should look into it. And um, but my issue is with basketball. They're doing it. You see those high schoolers coming out, going overseas for a year, and then getting evaluated from that point into entering the professionals. My only issue is with college football is it's a three year turnaround, and we're so used to seeing players go against other college players to try to test how good they are. And I don't know if we know how good the XFL players are to see these underclassmen go there unless they're completely dominating 
it's like, yeah, he's obviously a good player. But if you go and just have a regular, basic-ass two-year career in the XFL playing against guys that clearly can't get in our league, I, I don't know if that's a good sign for you, prospect, 19-year-old, 20-year-old or not. So I think it's going to take a while to see what the development of XFL players are to see if they can really develop into real NFL professionals. And then that'll take the time for the underclassmen going against the time that it'll take on the XFL players and their development to, for us, for the for the NFL coaches to really take that belief in those prospects trying to leave and go straight to the XFL rolling into the real league. So that's my opinion on that. If any of that made sense, it made sense when I started talking, then it sounded like a lot of clutter, but I, I think I landed it. I think I landed it. So Time will tell. No, I didn't kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Time will tell. How how about you, Ron? (laughs) Oh, man, that that was a good take. And you know what? You made me think about it. But first off, I just want to say, is XFL actually going to be legitimately a a long-term type of thing? Because, you know, like for me, I kind of got into the AFL a little bit. And then two months into it, you know, they're bankrupt. So, like, there's these questions in the back of my mind. So, like, I'm trying to answer your question, but I'm also trying to preface it by saying that, like, I just don't know if they're going to last the time that you're you're saying it's going to take to evaluate. Are they going to have the time to do that and still, you know, be up and running? And I think that uh, they they obviously planned it a little bit better this time. I mean, launching it right after the the Super Bowl when these football fans that are Jones and, and think that there's, you know, not know that there's not football, you know, until August, college football, what have you. I think that's a perfect time to launch it and, and kind of keep the momentum from the NFL season and try to, you know, weed away some of those fans to the XFL. And you, you talk about, about talent and, you know, I think it's great that these players have an opportunity to still play, but how many of these XFL players are actually going to go on to play in the NFL and be stars? I mean, maybe role players, what have you. Um, I mean, in my opinion, if Cardell Jones obviously couldn't play at the NFL, but he's tearing up the XFL, I don't know what that tells you or me or anybody else out there, but I'm not really drinking the Kool-Aid just yet. But, again, only time will tell, and I guess I'm just kind of uh, a little bullheaded as far as wanting to see uh, this, you know, be, you know, every year type of league where um, we know that it's not going to just up and fold in the the midseason, so – um, but as far as the question, <laughs> I finally got to it. I, I think it, we, it weeds out talent, and I don't really like the idea personally because, again, I think a lot of these smaller school players, you know, they go to JUCO, what have you, uh, they still have a, a better opportunity, I think, playing there and maybe getting, you know, a scholarship somewhere bigger where they get that exposure they need and maybe popping off there. And, you know, I think, again, they're going to have a better opportunity, uh, I more eyes on them. Uh, than the XFL. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that, but again, I just, from my money, I just think that, um, again, you're kind of putting that, the college athlete, you know, you're expediting them to, you know, what a, a professional league, and you have to think about that too, guys, is the maturity level of these players. Yes, they're great talents, and a lot of them might have made some bad decisions, but again, you're putting them, in, you know, taking them out of school, what have you, so you know, that's just something else to think about uh, from that standpoint. But, um, again, I'm not a huge fan of it, to, you know, bottom line. Okay. Yeah, my uh, take on it aligns 
actually with both of you guys, but I would say I'd rather see them sign upperclassmen versus underclassmen, just given football is a physical sport. So give these 18, 19 year olds, you know, more time to develop, to really transform into young men in terms of their body. Um, and also given XFL takes place between February and April, um, that's when spring ball is happening for these underclassmen. Um, so to me, that's a perfect opportunity for those guys to stay in school um, and, you know, get a chance to get on the field early as a sophomore or junior versus leaving school and messing up their uh, their uh, eligibility. Um, so given that, um, to me, it makes sense just to target those upperclassmen who want a shot at the next level. Um, and I'd rather see underclassmen dominate the college football scene if this does manifest. So that's my take there. And then one last thing we're going to hit on. Uh, so I do want to shout out uh, OG Mike. He's a huge Colts fan. And his guy, uh, Edron James, his guy, Edron James, made the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I definitely uh, don't want to do him a disservice. I definitely want to shout that out. And, of course, you know, a lot of other guys also made the Hall of Fame this year. Um, but the reason why we're highlighting Edron James is because he actually celebrated down in Miami a couple of weeks ago at the Super Bowl with the Stripper Bowl. Uh, so I'm not sure if you guys heard about the Stripper Bowl, but this was the second annual one. Uh, it Fill was me in on what the Stripper Bowl is, Vic, because I have virgin ears and I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking yeah. about. It's it's exactly was, what it sounds like. I was going to say like. I got big ears. But. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hosted by Quality Control, uh, which is a label. Um, they're actually under the, uh, I didn't know this, but Motown Workers, that's the parent company. But Quality Control has artists such as Migos, Neo, Lil Yachty, Eric Badu, City Girls, Kim. I'm not sure if you heard of any of these people around or if you have a favorite song by any of these folks. But uh, but but that's the label who uh, actually hosted it alongside Adrian James. Um, the reason why I'm mentioning this event that took place was because there were a lot of, I'm not going to say strippers, but a lot of ladies who left the event unhappy, just given uh, they felt they weren't paid out the money that they expected. Apparently a million dollars was made that night, but each stripper left out with a little over 1K. Um, and then there's a hashtag on Twitter, hashtag stripper bowl, and you have you know chaos breaking out in some of the videos and some strippers actually were stuck in the airport stranded because they actually booked one ways. Um, and apparently they had to pay some, you know, some fees. So of course strip club connoisseurs would call it a house fee, but a non-strip club, strip club goer like myself would call it a registration fee. 300 bucks so that kind of cut into their profits as well so all in all it was a big mess um but that that went down during super bowl weekend not sure if you guys caught wind of that i have no i have no such sense of what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> smart man <laughs> i well, said what i said <laughs> well if, if you get some get some private time check out stripper bowl hashtag on twitter and, and uh, report back <laughs> My girl don't listen to this podcast, so I probably won't get in trouble anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, we're good. Yeah, that's true. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> that's the running joke, Ron. Our our spouses don't don't support our podcast. It's the running joke. <laughs> I knew I, I knew I was going to have a lot more in common with you guys, and we, we all we all have that, we share in that. In that. Uh, my wife doesn't really. Yeah, she doesn't support it either. It's like uh, how much how much time you spend in this week doing this, and it's like, uh, do you understand? And then uh, you know when. when you know, the only time of the year that I can sh shut her up as far as that goes is, you know, when it comes time for payouts and if it was a good year and I did well, then, uh, you know, she doesn't complain about that. And then she kind of like just See. gives me like a, a couple of weeks or a month pass, you know, in January to just uh, kind of 
let me uh, savor, you know, my victories and, and you know, analyze the, the ones Typ- that uh, that I lost in. So <laughs> typical. Yeah. I, I feel you. I understand you, man. Yeah, Ooh, but it, I will say it sounds like a good idea in theory. What he did, I mean, if, if you're going to celebrate, uh, go all out, I guess, and uh, you know, all Pac-Man Jones make it rain kind of thing. But <laughs> I guess, I guess when you when you don't make it rain, guys, that's when you got a problem and you got to to deal with the uh, the after effects of that. And uh, yeah, uh, sounds like uh, he created a mess there, and uh, you know. I guess you got to pay to play, as they say, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I yeah, think I'm, I'm, I'm confused on how a million dollars was made, but the the strippers only made a thousand a piece. Something went wrong. Something yeah. went real wrong right there. And and really, the the music label QC Quality Control, they, they were the ones who were taking the biggest flack from the event, kind of flopping, I guess. So, but Adrian James' name was on the flyer, so I guess he's guilty by association. Shout out yeah. to that coat. Shout out to that coat. Yeah. Is Philip Rivers coming to the coats, Vic? I hope not. Ron. It's Philip Rivers. You know, coming that, to that, the coats. I heard that one and I was I, I kind of got a you know from the outside perspective here, you know, as a Bears fan. Um, yeah, feel sorry for me right now. But um uh, I, I actually like it because I think that again. His fastball has lost some zip. We know that, but so has Drew Brees' fastball. Drew's just a hell of a lot more accurate with it. And we know Philip Rivers' mentality. You know, he's that Brett Favre gunslinger mentality out there taking chances. Yeah. Well, what better team to give to put Philip Rivers, you know, in place of under center than a team with guys like Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, who do just that, take the top off the defense? Mm. That gives him a little bit more leverage, um, you know, with that arm. It gives him a little bit um, – you know, a better opportunity, I think. And I'm not saying that, you know, Keenan Allen's great and everything, but again, I think these guys are uh, faster paced um, as far as getting out on their routes and, and just the design of their plays. And you guys know that stuff better than me, you know, living in Indy. So yeah. again, I think you got to yeah. have veteran leadership, I think is the other thing you kind of lack with Jacoby Brissett. And I think I, that kind I of, agree. I'm going to just, I'm going to let you answer the question, but I do want to know from you guys, as far as Jacoby Brissett, where you're, no, he's not I mean, the future. This guy getting cut. I mean, this is the same guy they wouldn't trade for a third round or trade away. I should say, what, just two, three years ago. So, uh, where are we coming? Where are we going here? Yeah, I, I think Jacoby is an awesome backup. Like he should just be a very solid backup. I I wouldn't be mad at the Philip Rivers. It it would just be like a hey, let's win now because. We don't want to make another investment on a quarterback right now. We just paid Jacoby. I don't know. But but Phillip, good offensive line, talented, fast receivers, like you said. We have back. We have backs. We have a good running back, like Melvin was a good running back with Marlon Mack. And then we have a good pass catching back, too, because I know he utilized the hell out of Austin Eckler this year. So uh, Naheem Hines will be his favorite out the backfield and I don't know it could work um and like you said man we we were set up to go into this season to be a winning team and I think the one little quarterback slip just made everything just go down a little bit may, may have been a confidence thing but no, you, you bring in a guy that can take control we somebody come talk shit and get people in the places they need to be it probably wouldn't be a horrible thing for a year what? to test it out 
I got a different take, but I definitely agree. Phillip Wood brings some fire to that offense. He's definitely uh, pretty pretty feisty out there. But uh, I'd rather go young at the quarterback position, just given um, T.Y. He, he's our vet and also Jack Doyle. So they're, what, probably hitting 30, 31 this year. Um, but Paris being young, Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines being young. I'm anticipating Coastal Draft a young wide receiver. Uh, we might hit on that on my list. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather them go young, and uh, I'd rather see them either stick with Jacoby or go get, like, a Teddy Bridgewater. Um, that way we can just continue to build a young offense around young pieces. So, uh, I think Ted, Teddy's the only guy I probably think that's worthy of coming in outside of just going through the draft. Okay, can I say one other point, and you guys, again, this is your team, your franchise. I mean, who's not to say they wouldn't try and bring in a veteran and still draft? I mean, there's a lot of talk. They they love that Jordan Love kid in, uh, down in Mobile. That's guy I kept, asking, kept hearing that, that that was going to be their target if he was still there. And it makes a lot of sense, but why not have like that modern-day, you know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you know, you draft a quarterback, you have a veteran, you know, it makes sense. We see it a lot. We see it work um, in certain situations. So, again, you know, who's not to say that? I mean, by the end of the season, if uh, that happened and Jordan was the pick and Rivers is is having some rough times, they wouldn't give give him a chance to go out there and show what he could do. But you want him to really – you don't want to throw them into the fire, but I, I could see them doing that, preparing for the future and getting, you know, a veteran and a rookie that they really think could be their future. Yep. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I just know that I don't think Jacoby's the future, so uh, I don't really I, – I just – you might as well. Because here's the thing. We still have the pieces to try to win now if we wanted to, so you don't just have to – say fuck it let's just go young and build you can actually take the shot and try to say hey if we bring in philip maybe this is a guy that can help us win so it's like that's a good point you can't go young and bring in philip i just know jacoby's not the future man so letting him sit around waste years with those guys out there i think is just pointless to be honest yeah i will end it with this um i do trust ballard um what he's shown us so far you know, over the past couple years, um, you know, I, he definitely has an eye for talent and has a vision. So I know the big, uh, at least the big thing that bothers a lot of fans with him is, you know, we're not spending money in free agency. So hopefully, uh, you know, we, we make a move. But if not, then hopefully he's anticipating building building through the draft. And from there, we got to pay people, you know, in four or five years from now. So maybe that's why we're holding on to it. We'll see. But that's all the news I have wait, for this week. Don't move uh, on but, yet. Don't move on yet. Don't move on yet. Wait, wait, Ryan, you're 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 a Bears fan, man. Before we go into the receivers, how do you feel about Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky? And then I'll leave it alone. I'll start off by saying I was very angry when when they made that trade, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like this is Deshaun Watson, this is Deshaun Watson, Mitchell. Who? Uh, yeah, no, no. Um, it's taken me a while to kind of get over that, and I think we've seen kind of. Uh, a tale of two seasons from Mr. Brisky with, with Nagy, you know, calling the shots. And I think this, that's why this season is so important for him is in the developmental stage, because it's year three for him technically. And what we want to see is which quarterback are we going to see? Are we going to see a consistent, you know, guy that we saw two years ago out there and, you know, Nagy had everything clicking for this team in the offense. So it is a big year for him. And also Ryan Pace is going to have some egg on his face if if Mitch doesn't figure it out and Nagy doesn't help help him get it going. So um, I, I still do believe that he's going to be – he's a starting-level quarterback. I think he can win games. Can he win the big games? I don't think so right now. Obviously, they don't have the pieces in place. But I think that, again, this guy – 
he still has a lot of question marks, but it's hard to to say I'm totally giving up on this this quarterback after you invested so much. But so again, they need to be 100% sure that he is or isn't the guy, and I think they will be after this 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 year and this season. So that's yeah. very important. And at the same time, he could cost Ryan Pace his job if he doesn't get the job done. So that's yeah. not to say they're not going to add somebody because I think they will. And I think that's to to give some fire and motivate Mitch out there as far as the competition. But um, unless it's like Cam Newton or something, he, you know, Mitch is a starter. Would you would you like the Cam Newton move? think we spoke that before too yeah you know it makes a lot of sense i think a, a little bit more of a mobile quarterback um why mm-hmm. i think would help this offense i think the offensive line improves and you know just you know a better learning to 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 use these backs you know and get more efficiently i think with with david montgomery in the rookie season we didn't see as much as we wanted to see Tariq cohen kind of took a step back uh, due to workload concerns stuff like that and I just think that they got to figure that out, that running game uh, that's going to hold Mitch back as far as his development, too. I think the receivers are are in place. So um, there's a lot of question marks there. Um, But I still do think, you know, again, he's going to be a good quarterback. I just don't know that he's going to be – he's ever going to be great. And can he win the big games? I think at the end of the day, you got to get there first. And so this is a big year for him. All right. All right. All right. I always like to ask anybody to tell me they're a bear a Bears fan about Mitchell Trubisky. I, uh, we just had a guest on a couple weeks ago. He came to uh, shoot some some uh, some photos for us, and he was from Chicago. And I was like, "Get the microphone. I got a question." So, you know, I just like to see every Chicago fans take on Mitchell Trubisky. It's interesting. That was Vic's guy about a year and a half ago. We're going to all of our fantasy leagues, man. We actually own them in a league that we co co GM, and I blame him that we own them. Yeah, <laughs> so we could have had Lamar, though. but we didn't. So. We could have had Lamar. I was a Lamar and Josh Ouch. Allen guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but but you know we live and we learn. <laughs> hey, exactly. You can, it was probably hard to convince a lot of people on Lamar, you know, a couple years ago. So sorry, I'm sorry. Cool. A lot so. of smart people didn't like him, yeah, in the building. And it's, it's just, again, I think that that's why I'm glad we're not talking quarterbacks tonight, guys, because <laughs> it is the hardest position to evaluate guys that get paid big bucks, swing and miss all the time. And John Elway, you know, <laughs> we're talking to you, but um, let's see, let's see if he's got something with Drew Locke. But anyway, I'll I'll let you guys uh, carry on here and drop mic mic drop here. <laughs> <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> I like that. Um, all right, so look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get into these wide receivers. And um, the way we've been doing the prospects is um, one guy will speak on the prospect, you know, give his ideal landing spot, give some information about him, some stats, um, what they like about him, what they don't like about him. Um, and then, you know, I or him or Vic will chime in after the guy talks about his prospects. So we're going to do this same way round table. Um, how you guys want to go? You want to go by age? You want to go? You, I don't know who wants to start. Vic, you want to start? I say we let Ron go first. We're going to be hospitable hosts. Um, and I do want to put the disclaimer out there. Of course, there are a lot of receivers out here, but so let's just, you know, these are the guys that st- stuck out to us personally. So when we go through these wide receivers, these are the, f- we each got four. 
Um, so just keep that in mind. We know there's a lot more receivers out there. Um, so we didn't necessarily just take the top 12 prospects out there that's been ranked 1 through 12. We kind of just picked out the guys we like. I seen Big Five. He said, are you going to do five or four? Everybody else got four. I said, okay, I'll do four. So, yeah, we, we're pretty structured. Everybody has four. So that's what we're going to do. So, Ryan, you're up to Batman. Take it wherever you want to go. Start with any prospect you want on your list right now. Yeah, you know, I I definitely like how you guys kind of framed the show and just leaving it kind of wide open because this is, I mean, you think about this receiver class. I mean, it's highly decorated. And there's at least six, I think I heard the number six or seven of these receivers that have first-round draft grades. So, you know, for me, like that's mind-boggling for all of us, I think, when you think about it, how talented they are. Um, and each one has, you know, things about them that I think, you know, especially those, those top 10 that have, that make them special. I think they could be, um, I agree. you know, wide receiver ones. We've kind of, you know, haven't seen that in a couple of years, you know, the, what was it 2013 draft class was re- receivers was really, uh, rich, but you know, for me, I'm going to start at the top. I think CD lamb, um, I know there's some Judy guys in the house, some roll tide, what have you, but for me, for my money, CD lamb. This guy, I mean, he accomplished everything you need to accomplish. I mean, six foot two, 189 pounds, you know, 190 pounds soaking wet. I think, again, the frame will build out. Uh, speaking of frame, he uses that frame frame really well out there in the field. Um, you know, he gets, you know, to the catch point using that frame wins. Uh, you know, my ball, jump ball, mentality type guy. And you see mm-hmm. him, you know, put up numbers, and that's exactly what he did. And here's the thing. C.D. Lamb played with how many different quarterbacks at Oklahoma? Yeah, three. Three different starting quarterbacks. And this guy put up numbers, you know, two consecutive years, uh, you know, uh, with over 1,000 yards receiving and and double-digit touchdowns the past two years. And, you know, playing with the quarterbacks that he's played with, Jalen Hurts, you know, obviously uh, Kyler Murray. So, yeah, I mean, he benefited from that. But at the same time, you look at just – his body of work. And again, I think that, you know, great hands, you know, ball skills, probably the best in the, in the draft class. I'd like to say, you know, he, he just tracks that ball like a hawk out there. He's, you know, and also he's just, it's the, it's the tracking skills. I think that sets him apart from these other receivers. I and, agree. you know, after the, the catch too, I mean, this is a guy that's creative after the catch. Um, and he, you know, after going up, you know, this is a guy that's hard to bring down, and, and he's, you know, pretty uh, sneaky out there and squeaky, I should say. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to, you know, give him, you know, say that it's more about the conference and, you know, they don't play defense and what have you and, and the offense rolling up points. But, I mean, again, I look at the numbers, what he's produced, just the body of work and just his balance out there, vision. I mean, he just pretty much checks all those boxes for a wide receiver, and how can he not get excited about this guy – I think he should be right up. He should definitely be in contention from the first receiver off the board. Um, again, I'm sure there's going to be some arguments tonight for some other receivers to be in that position. But overall, I just think that he was the most decorated, consistent receiver we've seen in this class. And just adjusting to different um, quarterbacks, I think that says a lot that he's a quick learner and he's he's going to make the most of that. You know, the, the moving parts in, in the NFL, those are the type of players that – get an opportunity early and are successful if they pick up this game at the next level quickly. Yeah. Lem looks like a man out there, man. I mean, they're all men, but 
sometimes he's out there. I'm like, dude, that looks like a man amongst boys. So I, I like watching CD Lamb play, man. He he just looks like he gets it. Uh, shout shout out to my guy White Sam. He uh he t- he takes credit for finding CD <laughs> Lamb. He's like, as soon as I seen him play his freshman year, I reached out to every podcast i could and was like hey what do you think about this cd lamb guy shows me all these emails that he reached out and he's like i was the first cd lamb fan so he's convinced he is i'm not here to argue it i'm just saying cd lamb is is a man so i agree with everything you're saying man he's he's a beast yeah my take on him he reminds me of stefan diggs but his build reminds me of robbie anderson um, so I would say the skill set is more so digs, in my opinion. I didn't realize he was like six two, six three, because he's you know kind of on a frail, skinny side. So he looks short to me on TV. But um, once you get the stats and measurements on him, he, he's a tall guy. So definitely a presence. Yeah, yeah and I think the the body, the frame, you like throw I said, it up to him, man. He's going to go get it. He's going to build out, and, and I'm not worried about the frame. That's why they pay these conditioning coaches so much money in the NFL. And for me, I think that, you know, as an alpha dog receiver, I think that's what he can be in the right, you know, situation. And I think that's what you're looking for if wide receivers like your top need on the draft board. And honestly, I would be shocked to see him go in the first 15 picks. Um, and, and secondly, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, could play in a lot in a lot of places, but you know, Oakland Raiders would be a great landing spot for him. I'll throw out one comp, and you know, this is going to sound crazy because you, you guys comps, I think we're kind of in line, but um, kind of like a young DeAndre Hopkins, somewhat. I mean, it, it took what DeAndre yeah. a couple years to really pop out there. Um, yeah. With CD Lamb, if he gets a little meat on his bones, a little more muscle, um, again, just his skill set, he can be dominant. Maybe not to that level, but I think that, again, he he's that good that I think that he could be, um, again, a number one wide receiver, and that's what you're looking for um, in the straight line speed. That's going to be one thing that's questioned about um, him. Can You know, what does, what's he going to run as far as the 40? But even if he doesn't run up to, up to the par with, with some of the other guys, you know, in uh, argument for that or in debate for that first, wide receiver off the board. I think that he's going to make up for it in all the other drills. So again, this guy, uh, super athletic and um, going to be a lot of fun to watch at the next level. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's Mr. CD lamb. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, Vic, you want to go second or you want me to go second? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, all right. I got Mr. So, Ron, here's another thing about me. I butcher names all the time. So that's just what badly, I did. Badly. <laughs> But my last name is Odita, so that's why I, I kind of don't care. People butcher my name all the time, so it's fair. But uh, I got Mr. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, I'm, I think I said that one right, hopefully. But, uh, you said it right. Good job. Okay. All right. So uh, he's a junior, uh, wide receiver out of Colorado, um, 6'2", 220, runs about a 4'5". He's projected to go in either the first or second round. Um, believe it or not, he actually had um, a, a, a bigger uh, season last year compared to what he just did this year. So this year he did deal with some injuries and also some uh, inconsistent quarterback play. Um, so he had a little over 50 catches, 700 yards, four touchdowns. Last season he put up over 1,000 yards, 86 catches, and he also ran some wildcat. Um, so he had about you know 17 carries from that uh, formation, five scores. Uh, my player comparison, just given a size, 6'2", 220, 
I gave him a comparison to Juju. Of course, not as fast, um, but I, but real player comparison outside of Juju is probably Des Bryant. I'm um, just giving, you know, he's uh, pretty big. Um, he has great ball skills. He tracks the ball, good good body control, uses his hands. And I, given he's a Colorado Buffalo, I got him going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, I feel like they need a big receiver. Um, I think John Brown and Cole Beasley, those guys are like, what, 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, um, so I think adding a presence like LaVisca uh, Chenault, um, given the AFC East, you got to go up against Gilmore and the Patriots. Patriots always keep some physical DBs. Um, the Jets are pretty physical, too, um, and even Miami. Um, so I, I think that's a good fit. And uh, given that offense, um, he's shown he can do the Wildcat as well. So I think that would be a good fit for him. Yeah, Chenault uh, had so much hype at the end of last year that, like, I think that carrying into this year, you know, it's kind of like just riding on namesake. So I think he's he's getting passed by some of these other receivers because they just started blowing up this year with the season he had. But I think he's still a good prospect, man. He's 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 a big boy. I think he's going to be able to be able to dominate, man. We'll just see how health relies with him because I don't like people having uh injured injured rigged seasons before they finally go out. So uh but yeah he's going in going uh leaving last year his uh his price was pretty high in Dynasty. Yep. In Debbie. Brian? Yeah that's the thing about <laughs> I feel uh I feel like I'm still kind of on the fence with him because uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, you know, the hype in the Debbie world for him, you know, you know, in 2018 was just kind of through the roof. And I think one thing we need yeah. to kind of remember with, with these, with these players is there's a, you know, a lot of things change over the course of a season to the next. And you got to think about that. Um, he is still kind of raw. He hasn't been playing professional football for that long as far as, or I should say football in general. And yeah. I want to say that he was only like, what, a sophomore or junior in high school when he started playing football. So you think about how raw he really is. So you have untapped potential and it just the ceiling with this guy, I think, might actually be as high as, you know, guys like a C.D. Lamps, you know. But the thing is, is he's going to be more of, of maybe a project, per se, early on, I think, uh, because – of the nuances, I think route running, he's still got a lot to learn again. That comes mm-hmm. with experience. But when you look at the package, as far as, you know, the physique, I mean, the size strength, I mean, the speed, all that ban- contact balance, very versatile out there. Obviously you brought up, you know, being able to play wildcat formations and, and just kind of be used kind of, you know, in a poor man's man's kind of uh I should say Debo Samuel or even like a, yeah. you know, he might be utilized. Not that he has, was used like that as much as Debo, but I'm saying he he, he could be at the next level, if, depending on what team takes him. I love the Bills call, by the way. I think that's a great one. I'm going to stay in my neck of the woods as much as I don't like this team. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers needs some targets. If Chanel <laughs> goes to green, could you imagine the hype would return if uh, LaVisca yeah. Winds up yeah. playing with Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden this guy's going to go vault to probably like a first back end of the first round in your rookie drafts. And, and honestly, I just think that he's a player that has a, a wide variance in the draft because what's really going to be important for him is how he shows up. I think at, at the NFL Combine and how mm-hmm. he, you know, the numbers. It's going to matter for him because I think there are still 
quite a few that might be doubting, uh, you know, the level that he can play at uh, at the next level as far as being, you know, can he be an alpha dog, true wide receiver one, or is this more of a, you know, a wide receiver two, you know, second fiddle type guy who's going to make some big plays, but not be involved as much unless it's kind of maybe in the red zone. But again, you you got to utilize his skill set, and I think that's the key to his success, and that's why I like the the Bills call more than my my own, I guess. <laughs> well, actually, I do like your Packers call because he could take on that Jordy role. They always had that big possession, you know, possession type receiver uh, opposite of Devontae. So um, yeah, I, I think that could work. Take some pressure off of him. Yeah, yeah. I I can't wait to see combine numbers and just. Just his draft capital, seeing what teams is going to decide to take the chance on him and put the trust in him. So you're right. I think all this, all that matters. It's going to be good to see all that for him. It's going to be needed. All right. Who you got for us, Dot? Oh, man. After hearing all that C.D. Lamb talk, I got to talk Jerry Judy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to come with another here's joker. Here's the thing. And here, here's the thing I do. This is like having both jokers in your hands. Like you can play either one. Nah, but um, here's the thing. I think he's right when he said everybody has their unique strength uh, receiver by receiver in this draft class. So, um, like I said, I think that C.D. Lamb's a man's man. When you watch him, it's like he's going to go after. He's going to go get it no matter who's guarding him. And the reason why I like Jerry Judy is he just makes it look easy on the field it's like everything looks so smooth and it's look like i can't even tell if he's out there really trying his hardest sometimes because seems like everything is just coming to him he has real good routes he can run the hell out of some routes i don't know what it is about alabama they always find a good alpha receiver that can just look smooth and quick out his routes and it's hard to guard because he's so smooth with him so He's been doing it for a couple of years, two seasons in a row now, over a thousand yards. He has seventy-seven catches this year, double-digit TDs. He's six-one, one ninety. He looks—he doesn't look muscular at all. Anyway, he doesn't look super small. He looks, but he—he he has to get some kind of muscle on him too if he's going to try to be a, a solid wide receiver one. Just make sure he can take on those cornerbacks and stuff. But uh, he looks quick. I can't tell how quick he is. He's talking about running a 4-3. That would be fucking awesome if he does at the combine. But uh, I think he's going to have great combine numbers in general, even if it's just not his 40 because his footwork always looks good, looks quick with his feet. His steps are just amazing. So I think he's going to be awesome because it's going to be hard to guard, man. I think he's going to be a quarterback's favorite. He's going out there running everything in the route tree. So I like Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy just because I think he's smooth and I'm all about like the smoothness of shit, even when it comes to like, you know, my style of music. I like smooth music. I like stuff like that. Everything is smooth with me. It's been like that for my whole life. That's why I think I prefer Jerry over City, even though to me they're like one to it's like I don't want to say one is better than another. I think they're both going to be studs. So uh and he's been doing it in the SEC and I know everything's not about, you know, the you know what conference you play in, but you know, just to say did it against that level of the talent and looked like he was dominating with other receivers that I think are highly talented too. He he got his market share and he just dominated his his touches and targets. So, so 
I think that said speaks highly about Jerry. So, and I, I actually have him going to Oakland because I think my comp is. I guess it's kind of cliche to say Amari Cooper, but outside the injuries, man, Amari Cooper has always looked fucking smooth in his routes. He's he's nice with his footwork. So I guess this is an easy comp, and I kind of did the cliche thing, but that was just the honest comp for me. So hopefully I nailed that. Anybody? Am I by myself? I I just want to say... I have a feeling that this might get wrecked. Jerry Judy, love the take. Uh, he he is as advertised. I mean, this guy. See, you said Amari Cooper, and I was actually thinking Calvin Ridley. And you know, it's just the nuances of the, you know coming into the league and being able to have that you know extensive work as far as the route tree. I think that's what set you know made you know Calvin Ridley apart. And I think that he might be a little bit more polish i think uh ridley was when he was coming in but i think yeah. judy has judy has more upside in athleticism overall which you know should make everybody just clamor to, to get them on you know you know lick their chops to get this their receiver who arguably to your point yeah he's i mean he's definitely right up there and i think most people would pick him as a top receiver and i understand exactly why and playing the sec here's my my hot take you know, it'll really, really disappoint a lot of people and will be angry. But say the New York Jets take him in 11th overall, that's going to be a situation where I, I don't know. The Jets have so many issues right now that even with Why Sam would Donald, you throw him with Adam Gase? Why would you I know. do that? <laughs> that's, some, what? that's what I'm saying. If this happened, then this is the worst case scenario. And I just have a feeling that we might see something like that wreck. Our dreams oh my for Jerry I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm throwing, you know, <laughs> what was that? Oh my here. gosh. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I'm gonna throw out a team. I actually had him going to the Giants. Um young got a young Daniel Jones. Of course, you still got Golden Tate there, but a young Saquon. Hopefully Evan Ingram can stay healthy. But I, I think getting Judy I guess on the other side of the stadium, <laughs> since they share one. Uh, uh at least for me, I kind of like him going nice. there. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold can figure something out, and, and Robbie Anderson is going to probably be gone. So I think the Jets taking receiver at eleven. Again, this is not where I would want him to go, but I kind of wanted to throw that out there because I definitely think that there's a strong possibility that they're eyeing him right there. And if they are, you know, th- again, it'll be a situation where we'll be like, "What do we do with Jerry Judy now in our rookie drafts?" <laughs> and I, you know what, I just said to myself. I don't care. I'm trusting the talent. I don't care where they go. You see the A.J. Brown thing happen this year. I'm not missing out again. If he goes with Adam Gase, I lied. I am not taking him that high. He he will not be my, my number one ranked receiver. And then I will have to argue if he's my number two ranked receiver after the draft. So I just, that sucks, man. That would suck badly. Badly. I don't want anybody to go deal with Adam Gase. Anybody. Please, no. Anybody. Don't let it happen. Please, yeah. no. All right, Ryan, you're up. I'm up, and I'd like to talk about – I'm going to stay kind of in the Midwest. And Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, senior for, for Minnesota. Uh, this guy's six foot two, 205. You know, those are nice measurables for a receiver. Again, this guy's, you know, got a really good release point. Um, you know, he, he's put up numbers – you know, his 
just dominator, college dominator. You know, it's been off the charts for the last couple of years. And, you know, the thing about Tyler Johnson is he's played with just just pitiful quarterback play. And he's still been able to produce these big time numbers. And I think, again, you got to look at that. You got to give him credit uh, where his credit's due. And again, just consistently getting it done. And again, playing for Minnesota, it's not the school that, you know, kind of pumps out receiver prospects. But, you know, what this guy does, you know, his run routes precise. Again, the hands, you know, he shows good hands out there. The catch radius tracks the ball well. I mean, the things you're looking for, you know, in, in a possession type receiver. Again, his dominator ratings, you know, go back to 2018, he was off the charts. Uh, again, this past year, the quarterback situation, you know, that he, he kind of struggled with that. But he, he had some monster games. And, and again, um, he's you look at route running and, and this is, you know, where he excels. And again, these are the type of receivers that I think are plug and play somewhat in the right situations, the right schemes in the NFL. They succeed earlier. So this is a guy that I think, you know, wins, you know, a lot more than he loses out there. And I think that you're kind of scratching the surface too with this player, how he, you know, his numbers and how he performed in Minnesota due to the situation and the team he played for. So I think he's a player that can be better at the next level, I think, than he was in college. And I think that's kind of scary if that actually does come to life in the right situation, the right scenario. Again, this is a guy I would look for him, you know, to go to a team, you know, that needs a secondary receiver. You could probably Tyler Johnson, maybe day two, maybe a third round type guy. If he has a good combine um, that he could move himself up. But again, we're talking about a deep wide receiver class. So, you know, round three is not going to be a knock for a receiver. I think a team like, you know, even the Dallas Cowboys could, could hand, could, you know, use another receiver um, out there in the field. I mean, Amari Cooper, there might be some, we don't know. I mean, the injuries come for him and, if there's any drop-off, I think you add a third receiver there, a third banana in that offense with Dak. I'd like to see them get a little more vertical with that offense. I know Cowboys fans, you know, see enough of Zeke out there doing his thing, but and they want him to get the ball. But I just think another weapon there for Dak would be great. And, you know, targeting a receiver that's going to, you know, has been productive and put up numbers and can pretty much do anything you ask him to do on the field. So I think that makes him – more valuable to these teams because uh, of his skill set. Yeah, I definitely like the uh, Cowboys play um, because they, they do kind of seem one dimensional. Of course, they can throw, um, but they lean on the run. And, you know, Zeke sees a lot of stacked boxes. So get, get a playmaker in there that can kind of open up that that box for them. Um, just echo everything you said, given the Amari, you know, he, he does stay banged up. So, yeah, I definitely like that landing spot. And a uh, guy who like you said production on top of production man and that's who monster seasons but technically even in his sophomore year he was getting involved and showing that he had the stuff that it takes early so you know you gotta keep your eye on somebody like that man because you know anybody getting involved early and and putting up those numbers man it's usually not fluky when it's multiple years so I, i like that all right shout out to tyler all right, let's go down to uh, T- uh, TCU. So I got Jalen Rieger, um, wide receiver, 5'11", 195. Uh, he's, he's known as a speed demon. So this would be uh, the, you know, this class is Tyreek Hill coming out, um, projected to go um, in the first or second round. 
Um, I actually got him going to the Packers. So I know we touched on the Packers a little bit earlier, but reason why I like him going there, just, you know, give Aaron Rodgers a deep ball threat. Um, and also given the Devontae Adams injury situation this season, you saw when he was out, you know, that offense just looks completely lost, especially in the red zone without having that number two wide receiver. So I think Jalen can kind of step into that old Randall Cobb role, just with more speed, of course. Um, and he could definitely stretch the field and he has uh, return skills. So you can open up their special teams. Very well, interesting. Would you I, like to speak on that? <laughs> I would. I that actually uh, definitely made me think uh, they have been kind of missing, you know, that receiver and then that Randall Cobb role for some time. And I think uh, what better player to kind of uh, put place in in that you know role than Jalen Rieger? And again, I think the only question marks. I mean, he's a hell of a player, and I think that um, again. He's got all the strengths, you know, long speed and you know tracking skills. The size and the, and the his strength, I think, again, those are things you don't want to focus on because you know that's something that he can improve on. But he, you know, he is definitely a wiry type receiver, and, and there's a lot of those in this draft that kind of fit that description. But you know what he does with with the ball in his hands, um, how effortlessly he he does it out there. This is uh, definitely a player that is, is going to be knocking on that, uh, you know, definitely day two, again, day three discussion. We're going to have a lot of those receivers knocking on that that door. But um, I'd like to see him go to a team where, um, you know, maybe, you know, South Beach, they still – you got Devontae Parker, you lock him up. Um, mm. Still you still got question marks at the quarterback position, but they're going to answer those. You know, if you can get another young playmaker, you know – Call me crazy, but South Beach would be a nice place for uh, Rieger to, to be if they can sure up, you know, that, that quarterback situation. Um, we all know it's going to be Tua, guys. Come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I agree. I <laughs> Gotta mean, two, be. Two, Gotta my be. point here is Tua to Rieger. Who can get behind that? I don't think it's as good as, as the Packers call, but, um, again, what say you guys? We'll see. Um, I I, I – Maybe this won't happen. Maybe they'll bring back the veteran. I don't. I don't know if they should bring back the veteran because I think as the year went on, they he flaked off anyway. But I I could see him going to go play in a Shanahan offense, seeing how they use Debo all over the place. I think they want to use their receivers in a fashion where they or just in general. I think they want to use the skill players in a way that they can move them anywhere. Let's do anything with them. Let's let let's let these running backs catch the ball. Let's let these receivers come run these reverses and run these screens. And I think to get a guy that's pretty versatile that can do a little bit of everything would be a nice, fun piece to have. You don't have to bring back. You know, you just went to the Super Bowl with a guy that's old, and as the year went on, he didn't really help. Your offense as the year went on, Debo started to flourish and being used in a whole lot of ways. And Jalen Hurd was drafted, but basically stayed hurt all year, so we don't really know what they have with him. Why not give Shanahan another piece that could be fun to put on the other side of Debo? You never really know what the hell anybody's going to do once that ball gets hyped. So that's where I put Rieger. Doesn't sound as fun as your two pieces, but that's where I put them at. Okay. Hey, this is actually fun, man. Just, you know, hearing you guys' uh, you know, thought process on where these guys could end up. So it, it definitely makes me reconsider and, you know, think some things. So yeah, 
I'm definitely uh, enjoying this. All right. Most definitely. It's fun. Landing yeah. spots. <laughs> try to prognosticate this. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to every once in a while you get you, you strike gold, but yeah, um, yeah. It's just try to put uh, you know the pieces together and what makes sense, and, and that's what makes it fun. But actually, I like the call there. Actually, uh, Sanders. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think Sanders probably gone. Yeah, and you know why not add another receiver? Uh, Kittle's great, yeah. but you know they need that you know secondary receiver who can be dependable. They lacked that for some time. Yeah, because. Uh-huh. He could and take that's a, a team that doesn't have a lot that they need to draft because the defense is so amazing. It's just, I feel like they can take the chance on a second round receiver, first round. It'll be back in late. So they can take the chance because they're not really needy in a bunch of different spots. So, yeah, I was just going to add, just close it out. Uh, you know, Rieger could replace like Marquise Goodwin because he, he didn't really kind of manifest, you know, at least to their expectations. So he definitely has a speed, but uh, maybe Rieger can actually come in there and get it done um, to the San Francisco point. So, yeah, they need weapons. He'd be a great one for him. All right. Um, who you got for us, Dot? Um, well, I kind of. I, I guess I'll just go back to back to get them out the way. I took the duo of Alabama receivers. So I'll get to talk a little Henry Ruggs. And um, he's he's kind of exciting to talk about. Speedster. Um, I don't know which number receiver you would like to call him on a depth chart because they had so many people when you couldn't think about uh, Ruggs and Jerry and Devonta Smith and even Waddle, it's just it's hard to call Ruggs a stud right now because sometimes it just seems like he got lost in that offense. Um, it seems like Judy was always going to get his targets. Smith got his targets on the outside. And then when you got the fourth receiver coming in, Waddle, he just – I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to tell, like, if they didn't want rugs involved, if it naturally just didn't happen. But when you see somebody so talented, usually no matter who's around him, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his involvement. He's going to put up his numbers. And I don't think he always put up the numbers that you want to see from a guy that's supposed to be a first round talent receiver. Um, but uh, this year he had 40 catches, 746 yards, seven TDs. And um, he, He's probably I don't know if he's probably going to be the fastest guy in the draft. Maybe he's he's going to put up those kind of 40 numbers. And um he he's going to be a mismatch in the NFL no matter where he goes. You put him in a slot, who's who's going to cover that guy in a slot? I think he'll be able to create plays because of his speed and um I think he might struggle with with press coverage, but but you know that that comes with you know, time and figuring out the systems in NFL and figuring out players and figuring out your own body, your own strength. But uh, I think this is going to be a system thing, man. He's going to have to go to a team that's going to want to use him and use his strengths. And I think he'll automatically, I think he'll be a good team play. Like a team is going to love him, utilize him. And I think he's going to be a good asset to a team. I'm not going to say that automatically means he's going to be some stud in fantasy because sometimes you can be a better team asset than a fantasy asset. But I do see him going to Philadelphia, man, and I think that you have to start making sure that Carson Wentz can 
difficult. You put him in a situation this year to where he was basically throwing to Ertz, a banged up Ertz, uh, the backup tight end in Goddard, and then running backs because everybody got hurt. And I think the piece that made that offense flow, you seen it in week one, Deshaun Jackson went out and looked like the old Philadelphia Deshaun Jackson. So I do think a field stretcher is what they need along with the other healthy pieces in that offense. And I would love to see Henry Ruggs go to Philly. And I think that's a place that would actually use him to his strengths. And I think it would help them out first play, first play of the season. So that's where I have Ruggs, man. Um, I can't wait to see his combine numbers. And I think, like I said, if he goes to a team that's going to utilize his strengths, I think he'll be great. But, um, you know, just the numbers and stuff that he put up in his college career was, you know, sketchy. And like I said, I know he played again, played with some other receivers, but, you know, usually you can withstand that no matter what. So I'm interested to see what you guys think about Ruggs. Yeah, I uh, definitely like the landing spot. They definitely need a uh, playmaker. We kind of saw that. Um, towards the end of their season, going into the playoffs, uh, wild card round. So um, definitely, you know, like that spot. And to your point, um, he did kind of, I don't want to say played uh, second fiddle down there at Alabama. It's just that team is so deep. I mean, even their fourth string or fifth string guy that's on the bench could probably go somewhere else and start. So, um, there, you know, there's definitely, you know, some some more that, you know, we, we could definitely get more out of them. So. I mean, to answer your question, Doc, yes, this guy's going to be the fastest uh, wide receiver. He's going to be the fastest, uh, I think, 40 we see at the combine and uh, put it on the board. And also, I think he bre- uh, breaks John Ross's record for the 40. This guy is, it, you know, we know he's super fast. I mean, this guy yeah, beat de- Demon, but it, it's definitely all the questions. And I get it from the production standpoint. You definitely look at that, but, you know, you bring up great points with – just the system and how loaded they are at that wide wide receiver position. So I think we got to, we can't put too much stock into that. Um, even though we wanted to see maybe more from that standpoint, we didn't see it, but I think again, you're drafting the athlete and I think he's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's, um, he's got more than just speed, but I'll say this, you know, if there's a Hollywood Brown, then this year's draft class, as much as I like Rieger, I think actually think it, 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 fits rugs skill set more and the Eagles would be, would be a perfect landing spot for him. Uh, we actually did, you know, shout out fakepixing.com. We did a pre senior bowl mock draft where I'm going to have to update and do a new one. But, um, I actually had the pick. I had all the Raiders picks and yeah, I, I picked the, picked them to go to the Raiders 19th overall. And, you know, the, the Raiders had the luxury of those two first round picks. Thanks to my Chicago bears, obviously, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that the one glaring need, I think it's obvious. It's the wide receiver position, and we talked touched on Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr is the type of quarterback that there's still a lot of questions being asked right now. And I think this is a time when you have to, you know, if you're not making a move to, you know, one of these vets out there, what you need to do is, regardless if you are or aren't, you got to give him weapons. And, you know, Tyrell Williams is not enough for them. Darren Waller. Uh, being kind of the the alpha dog, you know, receiver as the tight end, you know, should tell you everything you need to know. They need receivers and they need some guys who can make big plays, you know, explosive. And that's exactly, you know, the definition of Henry Ruggs. So, again, I think 
another one of these players that I'm talking about tonight that you actually your guy and I love love him is I think that he can he can be better at the next level and again being as raw as he is there's you know untapped potential and you know that's kind of uh you know crazy if you, if you think about that so um Tyreek Hill is another one that I've heard thrown out there but it's like you know that's just going yeah. a little he's I, I don't think he's anywhere close to like is explosive. I mean, he's explosive, but what, what Tyreek does, you know, he's just special. So again, that, that one to me is a little, he's more close. He's closer to a Marquise Hollywood Brown, I think. And, and maybe not as polished as Brown was coming into the league last year. So, but again, situations matter and uh, we'll, we'll see. Oh yeah. All right. All right. So look, this is what we're going to do. Vic, we're going to skip the scouting report because this episode was so jam-packed. We don't need to drag it out. So what I want to do is the usual closeout, though. Um, I want to say, everybody, we're going to do the social media thing. I'll start. This is follow me at DynastyBroDot on Instagram, on Twitter. Follow the the main page, Instagram, DynastyBrosFF on Instagram. Vic, where can we follow you at? Follow me at Dynasty Bro Vic on Instagram and Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Um, of course, we got the Facebook that's Dynasty Bros FF podcast. And then, of course, if you got any questions, topics, scout reports, anything like that, you can email those to questions at dynastybrosff.com. And Ryan, shout out every look, you got you got the stage right now. Shout out your handles, shout out some other handles or some people that you want to shout out and everything that you have going on right now. Tell the good people all of that. You said keep it pretty uh pretty short and sweet, right? No. Um nah yeah, you you nah, you got the stage. You got you can, the you stage. Can, ten minutes. You can ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> we'll keep rolling. Uh <laughs> Ron McLeese, uh, obviously at fakepigskin.com. Uh, you can find a lot of articles there. I mean that all of our content's gonna be flowing in. Um, you know, shout out to Jared, you know, our, our owner Belson and whatever he's the platform he's given us to do this. Um, again, at FP underscore dynasty zone, um, is my podcast that I started and Dave Shirty at road warrior underscore D will be on that show with me moving forward. We'll do some uh, pre-draft stuff and, and look forward to doing that. So again, at mad dog FF at FP underscore dynasty zone, uh, also, you know, check out, uh, you know, Friday nights, like I said, Sports Overnight America, XM211, Dan Patrick Channel. Uh, not sure how we got on there, but apparently we've been on there for a while. So <laughs> everything's good. 11 p.m. on uh, the East Coast. Uh, no, shout out to uh, Lou Landers at Landers Talks for, uh, you know, hosting that show with me and co-hosting and having a great time. And we've been doing it for, uh, you know, it's been like a year and a half. So a long time doing that um, and just want to. You know, shout out to, you know, the Dynasty Zone uh, is definitely the first podcast that I launched on my own. Uh, the Dynasty Football 101 show on the Sports Crew Radio Network. That one um, has been a lot of fun with Dave, and we're going to continue to roll that one out. So, you know, two podcasts is, is a lot of work right now. Um, but I'm excited because this is the time of year when we have a lot of fun with this, and it's going to just get more interesting each and every day as we inch closer to the NFL combine, which you guys uh, are going to get to experience. Uh, you get to every year. I'm jealous. And then, you know, the all important NFL draft and, and kind of uh, getting to see, you know, once the smoke clears, what you have left in, in the building, as far as, 
you know, these prospects and, and, and where they land. So that's exciting and, and something we all look forward to. But I want to pre- I want to thank you guys again. I appreciate you having me on the show and look forward to uh, getting the call again in the future, guys. Uh, a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Yeah, glad man. glad to have you. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I forgot to shout out our uh, streaming site. So, of course, Dynasty Bros. FF, that's where you can subscribe, follow, and share on all streaming sites. Go ahead and rate us. Five stars, four stars, three stars. We don't care as long as you rate us. Um, and subscribe. So yeah, this has definitely been fun. And I'm gonna put my guys on the spot here. So me and Dot, we've done a lot of prospects. So Dot, I like to make a bet because we called out some teams where we think these guys are gonna land. So my bet to you is whoever gets the most landing spots correct, other person takes a shot. And then Ron, I'm gonna open this up to you for this episode. So between the wide receivers, if you want to get in on that bet, the guy who gets the most landing spots correct, the other guys take a shot. Are you guys in or out? I'm always in. in. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> Pushing them to the all the chips in the middle of the table. We're, we're doing this. All right, that works. So then that means once these guys get drafted, we'll come back and just talk, you know, where we think you guys should take these prospects from a dynasty standpoint, whether it's, you know, your three-round drafts or your five-round drafts, what have you. Um, and, of course, we can come back and check on these landing spots. And there'll be some shots taken. Uh, before I go into the good word, shout-out to Jets Pizza. Uh, if you call in an order, use Dynasty Bros. F F. Am I right, Vic? Yeah, that's right. Promo code. You get twenty. Yeah, promo code. You get twenty percent off all your orders every single day. So, and sorry about the commercial last week. That was all DJ Avo's idea. If you didn't like the, if you didn't like the commercial last week, it was all Avo's idea. That's yeah. who we're gonna blame it on. That so. came full circle. We literally had pizza on Valentine's Day, but that's that's another story. We we can pick that back up. Um, but uh, that's that's for if you're in uh, Indianapolis. Um, so yeah. yeah, so check out our social medias. We have the uh, specific locations. But uh, yeah, Ron, Ron, we had a running joke last week with the commercial. It just kind of got off the rails yeah, and sideways. It was order pizza for you. All right, girl. Happens. Don't yeah. ask me how it happened. Yeah, <laughs> but it went there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh some good pizza stories not to, to share yeah <laughs> and then we won't go there yeah <laughs> we're not going to go there look and then the one thing that we always do at the end of the episode is we all try to say some uh a good word to end the episode uh so we ended on a good note so what i'll do is i'll let vic go i'll throw him on the spot say a good word and then i'll throw you in the middle after you see what where vic went and then i'll end it out and then we'll close out the episode so vic say something good to the people man yeah, man. Uh, be sure to, you know, reach out to your family, friends, stay in contact. Just check on them. Um, you just never know what, what your family are going through. Uh, so, yeah, I know we often can take family for granted. And also, I want to throw this out there. Let's start reading again. Like, pick up a book. So this is for myself. Hey, I, need to start, I need to start reading That's more books good. and get off social media. So I'm going to dedicate at least try to at least read a chapter at least every other day of some some type of book. So so that's my own personal challenge. Yeah, I'll I'll go next. Uh, You know, it it was just Valentine's Day, but, uh, you know, just approach your, you know, your wife or your your girlfriend or close one in your relationship and just, uh, you know, treat her that way. Um, Try try to treat her that way every day, Um, not just one special, uh, you know, for what it's worth, man-made holiday, but that's important. Uh, You know, just spending time with your family, to your point there, Vic, that's that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it and and kind of, uh, you know, trying to always find time and make time to make your schedules kind of, you know, work where you, you're always a part of that. And uh, lastly, I'll just leave you with, uh, 
you know, just pay it forward. I mean, if there's something you can do uh, to help somebody, mm. um, I, I think that's something we all should do and do more of and kind of challenge ourselves to do because uh, not everybody's as fortunate. You know, just, just be being thankful for what we all have in our lives and families and in our careers um, and the people that we meet along the way. Uh, the friends that we have and family, just just being thankful for that, and um, again, just uh, give trying to give it back to to the people because uh, you know it, that that's really you know what it's all about. I like that. I like that. So, and then I'm going to piggyback and just say this: I don't ever want to sound like the old guy who just hates social media. So let me start by saying this disclaimer: if you have a business or something serious to promote that's your money maker or just something that you need to do day to day fine but if not take a break from social media it's it's a fake reality it's a bunch of nonsense for the most part and I think it's slowly and slowly killing our brains every day so just take a break from it you're not going to miss anything so like I said if you, if you don't have a business that that needs promotion or content given out. I understand those things, but besides that, take a break, man, give your brain a break, pay attention to what's in front of you. So it's a whole world in front of you. That's so much more real than social media. So take a break. I took a break for about a year and a half, man. It was one of the most refreshing things and it's only a year and a half. It was one of the most refreshing things I've ever done. So I just want to say that. So man, Ron, I want to say thank you again for coming on, man. It's good to have somebody that knows what the hell they're talking about on a podcast, man. So I'm pretty sure you'd have helped a lot of our fans. You'd have helped us out, man. That's that's. I know you're going to help the fans. You'd have helped us out a whole damn lot, man. So we want to thank you, man, on behalf of Dynasty Bros, man. We appreciate it, man. And we'd love to have you back. Like I said, once, once the draft goes by, we'd love to have you back on, man, and to talk again, man, and Somebody gonna pay up their bets, and I think it'll be—I think it'll be a good part two. I think it'll be a good part two. I'm definitely looking so. forward to it, and thanks again, guys. This has been a lot of fun, and just uh, you know, just digging in here tonight with you guys in the trenches, and um, getting to hear these these takes, and you know, kind of our our breakdowns of these these wide receivers that are just you know going to be. Um, you don't know where they're going to be, but we're going to be watching them each and every step along the way. And so we're excited to, to see when, when they finally land and when the spoke clears. Yeah. So yeah, part two, bring it on. I'm, I'll be ready. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Dot. Thanks, Ron. Vic, Vic, lead us out, man. Lead us out. You got one shot. All right. This has been another episode of the dynasty bros FF. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And yeah, we'll be back again next week. Take care. Peace.